Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. All right, my friends. Today on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, my guest is Chuck Moss. Chuck, if you don't know, has 25 years of experience in education. Um, Chuck is the king of forming meaningful relationships and just doing everything he can to get the best out of others around him. Chuck has been a teacher, a coach, an assistant principal, a principal, and he now serves as the Director of Innovation and Development for Dinwoody County Public Schools in Virginia. He is very proud to say that his most important roles are those of a husband and of a father. Chuck is somebody that I met through social media, like so many of you. But I've actually had the opportunity to meet Chuck in person. A little over a year ago, I had the opportunity to speak at a school in Virginia and was able to meet up with Chuck and a few other of those education rock stars out there, guys like Jonathan Alzheimer and Daniel Hornick. We got together had a little beverage, had a little dinner, and had a wonderful time. And I'm telling you what, Chuck Moss is somebody that if you don't know him, you got to get to know him. The guy brings so much energy. You're going to love this interview. Before we get to that, just a really quick question for you. Leaders, how are you going to welcome your staff back this fall? Right now is the time that if you are planning on having somebody come and bring an uplifting, inspiring, and positive message to your staff to start your school year, you got to get them on your calendar now because the odds are really good that their calendars are filling up. Case in point, me. My calendar is really starting to fill up for July, August, and September. I want to come to your school. I want to come and bring that message. I want to talk about the road to awesome, about how we focus on the things that we can control and let go of the things we can't. I want to talk about how we rise by lifting others. And when others are down, we reach down, put a hand down and lift them up. And finally, I want to talk about on the road to awesome, we change the world one conversation at a time. Teachers matter. Educators matter. They need to hear that positive message. And I've got a great message to share with them. If you're interested in booking me to have me come and speak at your school, at your district, at your opening district event, whatever the uh, whatever it might be, reach out. All my contact information is in the show notes. I want to help you kick off your school year the right way. Reach out. Let's have a conversation. And now let's get to this interview with Chuck Moss. I know you're going to love it. I'll see you on the other side. All right. Welcome to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Chuck Moss is my guest today. And folks, I'll tell you what, there's one word that is going to describe today's episode, and that is awesome. I mean, we're talking about a guy who lives the mantra, don't be afraid to be awesome. Of course, you know me, it's all about the road to awesome. So Chuck, it's an awesome day. It's an awesome opportunity to have a conversation with you. Thanks for joining me on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, you and I have talked about the fact that two guys who lean so heavily on the word awesome have got to connect. And um, it's it just been a marvelous opportunity to do that. You know, we uh, all the, the opportunities we had to connect and meet up on Twitter and then do it live and in person at one point. Um, I just, uh, I've, I've really come to count you as a friend and I love your message and, and I just love the opportunity to talk about, uh, you know, being awesome and, and, you know, not just, 
uh, don't be afraid to be that way, but also what do you need to do to get there? And, and I think that that is something that you and I, we've had a lot of conversations about exactly that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you think about, when you think about being awesome, I mean, it's, everybody has their own definition. I mean, it's, you know, I say this about the road to awesome all the time. I mean, there is no one road to awesome. I mean, everybody has their own road that takes them to being awesome. And I, I like that you mentioned, um, you know, what does it take to get there? Um, I think that's something that we're going to find a way to hit a few of those things today. Folks, I, I promise you that Chuck's going to drop some some awesome gold nuggets along the road that you can pick up and just think about, you know, how do you take that and, you know, find your awesome and get yourself on that road to awesome. But Chuck, real quick for, for my listeners who maybe haven't had the opportunity like I have to get to know you. Just real quick, tell them tell them a little bit about Chuck Moss. What do they need to know? Yeah, um, I, this is my, I, we were trying to do the math the other day for some, I think 25th year uh, in education. Um, I'm currently the Director of Innovation and Development uh, at Dinwiddie County Public Schools. And Dinwiddie County is out in Virginia. It's about uh, maybe 35 uh, minutes southwest of Richmond. Um, I've been in the county since 2014. Um, I served here as an elementary assistant principal, then an elementary principal, then a middle school principal. Uh, before that, I was uh, up in the, uh, the Spotsylvania County, Virginia, for a couple of years. And before that, I was in Louisa County, Virginia, for about 17 years, uh, you know, doing everything from uh, teaching to being an administrator and coaching and all the things that I love to do. And, and, uh, one of my passions is getting to announce football games. So I was the announcer for the Louisa Lions, and now I am the announcer for the uh, Dinwiddie Generals. And and uh, I tell you what, it's something I love to disappear into a game Friday night. Um, you know, it's it, I, I loved coaching so much, uh, and I couldn't coach if I became an administrator. But I found a way to kind of keep my thumb, uh, you know, in the pot there. And so I've really uh, really enjoyed the opportunity to do that and. Uh, you just disappear into the game. I, I told somebody the only time I'm aware of the fact that I'm announcing is when I tell somebody they left their headlights on. You know, other than that, I'm just, <laughs> uh, you know, I love just being a part yeah. of the background and watching the guys right. do the stuff they do on the field. You know, I, I, I don't know about you. So um, I, I coached football um, up until maybe like the last five years of my teaching career. Um, that one wasn't really my passion. I, I love doing it, but for me, you know, being, being a basketball coach was really where the passion was. And, and so my first year as an administrator, of course, same deal. You know, I, I wasn't allowed, I wasn't allowed to coach and actually left where I had been coaching and, and moved you know, back to my home state to be an assistant principal, ultimately a principal. But the first year, um, and again, basketball season, you know, you're, three months into the school year, you know, it's, it's that late part of October when, when you start to hear the shoes squeaking in the gym and the basketball's bouncing on the floor. And man, I'll never forget that first week of basketball practice. I had to walk right by the gym to go where my, where I would park my vehicle. Chuck, it was the hardest week of my life, man. I mean, I was so used to October means it's time, it's time to get on the court, you know, and start, getting ready for basketball was, was the transition away from coaching and into administration, even though you were announcing, was, was that difficult for you? Um, it, it, it was at times, what's really, what was really hard. And I'll be honest, what was really hard was just announcing what the referees said, even though I believe they were dead wrong. Uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was the hardest part for me. Um, 
and I even worked out a signal with the head coach on the field. If I said that that holding was called, then that meant I believed in it. But if I said holding is the call, then that means I think it's nonsense. <laughs> Go and argue that. Um, but uh, it's funny because in, in my last year as an assistant coach, I had transitioned into, you know, I was working on my master's and whatnot. So it kind of transitioned into a different kind of role. I was managing the equipment, making sure that we got there in time, got the headsets and everything set up and ready to go. And that was back in the days when everything still had a wire. We had 500 yards of wire that we had to run, you know, to get the microphones yeah. and everything set up for the headsets. Um, and so in doing that, I, I, I was able to kind of gradually get into it. But yeah, you know, when, when it's August and I'm driving past the practice field and, you know, they're out there hitting the, uh, the blocking sled and doing that kind of stuff, then yeah, you know, I, I kind of want to swerve over to the left and just, you know, hop down there and <laughs> tell them what, what I think they ought to be doing. Um, That's right. But uh, it, it's, it was nice that the first job I had as an admin was at an elementary school. So the practice field, was on the other side of the county. Didn't have to worry about that. But, you know, when I transitioned to the middle school, the practice field was right out the window at the end of the hall. So, you know, I, I would I would find myself every so often looking wistfully out on the horizon and, you know, seeing the helmets bobbing up and down. Wistfully out on the horizon. I love that. That's that's such a great phrase. Yes. You, oh, folks, you. you didn't realize, you didn't realize when you turned, tuned in today, you were going to really pick up some incredible, <laughs> incredible phrases that you can now go use yourself. So that's, I think that's awesome. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Chuck bringing it in all different angles. I told you it's going to be awesome. And and here we go. We just, we're totally proving that right. So you mentioned it as part of your, your current title. So director of innovation and development. I know you and I've talked about this role a couple of different times and, and it's really a very creative and to be honest, not to overuse the word, it's a pretty awesome role. What specifically for Dinwiddie County Schools does it mean to be the director of innovation and development? What are maybe some of the responsibilities you have for people who, who are like, okay, I don't know what that job means? Well, and, and that's been uh, one of the really exciting things about this position because it's new for the county. Um, so it has not, there aren't any kind of expectations as far as how somebody did it before. Now, my superintendent and I have talked, of course, about some of the things we want to see happen. And one of my big things is, is celebrating the innovation that's happening and then talking in terms of innovation, innovation, not necessarily meaning the newest bell and whistle, but how are you delivering that quality instruction? How are you causing learning? Because we all know there's a difference between teaching and causing learning. I can teach for 45 minutes and nobody learns a thing. I got to make sure I'm causing learning. So what are, what are the innovative ways that we can do that? And also just kind of leaning in, uh, you know, trying to come up with some problem solving ideas for all of our departments, not just for the, you know, in terms of, of what's considered academic services, but, you know, uh, doing things for uh, working with a transportation department, trying to, you know, work out some of the things we're doing there with technology. And then the, the really exciting part for me, and I love the innovation, I love celebrating, but the development has been really exciting for me because I've been able to sit with principals and say, okay, this is what I want my staff development to look like. How do I do that? Um, or what do I need to bring into that? Or what resources can I bring to it? Um, 
like I've got a, a one principal who's uh, doing uh, a year-long book study on shift this. And so I was able to go and do a presentation on social media for her staff uh, on Monday. And that's a big part of what's in that book, you know, and, and, and leveraging social media to make your classroom culture, your school culture even greater. And so I've had a remarkable opportunity uh, to just kind of sit with people and say, okay, what does it look like? So with the professional development stuff that, that you're talking about, I, I like that you're sharing, you know, how you can go and work with an individual principal and, and you know, talk about, you know, a book study they may be doing or, or a particular focus. What does that look like from your role? And, and as one of the one of the district level leaders, how do you how do you kind of look at the umbrella of professional development across the entire district and then kind of weigh it against, you know, individual building needs? You know what what it looks like working with your individual principals and then scaling it back up. Well, our, 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 core, our core values here in Dinwiddie, um, excellence, equity, and integrity, you know, looking to see, you know, which one of those three core values does your PD speak to? Um, and, and excellence, you know, pops out a lot of times, um, you know, as, as, you know, kind of that big overarching umbrella, but equity is a big part of it as well. And the integrity part, uh, you know, I, I try to think in terms of, okay, are you implementing your PD with fidelity? Because if you're not doing it with fidelity, then, you know, our, our, obviously we're going to run into some problems with that integrity because you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna talk the talk without walking the walk. Um, and so that's one of the things we talked about. We talked about sustainability of a PD effort, um, you know, because if you present about it in September, are they going to be talking about it in April? And the way you to make sure they're doing that is you keep revisiting it. Um, one of the things I did as principal, and I and I encourage everybody, uh, you know, that talks to me to do the same thing. I I made every staff meeting a PD opportunity. There were professional development points available for your attending, and you know, because if you need information, you weren't going to get that at a faculty meeting. You're going to get that in my weekly newsletter, uh, you know, or something like that. That if it can be an email, make it an email. Um, you know, but th those PD opportunities have to come from within the building. They can't just come from the district. Um, now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean I'm not willing to help schedule and do whatever I can to find resources. I can absolutely do that. But the building level leaders have to be the ones that are prioritizing, you know, that learning. And, and you know, how do we want to see this put into play in my building? And I was just talking to our director of finance um, you know, it's, it's accountability and leadership, planning, accountability, leadership. How do those things all fit together? Because that's that's the truth. If you if you sell people to, on, on an idea and then there's no accountability, well, then it was just an idea. If you believe firmly enough, though, in that idea that it can make a positive difference for kids, then you've got to make sure you're accountable. You're holding people accountable for that. And accountability doesn't mean coming in and yelling and screaming at them. Accountability just means, hey. I, you know, where, where did I see this today? If I was in your classroom doing an observation, where did I see the thing we talked about, you know, earlier in the week, you know, or, or you know, did I miss something? Tell me what I missed. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think that's one of the, the flaws that, that will exist in professional learning and, and maybe a part of why many educational professionals dread professional development, because if it's a one time, if it's, you know, just a, you know, a hit and move on, um, if there's not some real clarity 
around what this is, why this fits in, why this fits in, how this fits in, you know, and, and what we're going to do with this over the long haul. And then, like you said, you know, my, my, my building leader actually asking those questions of me or pointing it out when they see it. And it's one thing to say, you know, Hey, you know, where might I have seen this during your lesson? But if you did see it and pointing it out and reinforcing it, that's when you really start to see that, that traction start to come about. Um, but, but when we don't do those things, that's when professional development gets a little bit of a negative connotation and people feel like, you know, it's not worth the time they're putting in. And you and I both know that, you know, for, for our educators to be the very best they could be, we've got to give them those opportunities to continually grow and continue to learn and, and some of those types of things. So, so I want to ask right on that, right on that same line. And, and I don't know that this is true or not true. So if, if I'm off base, just tell me, but some of the best professional development sometimes is learning from the teacher next door or the teacher down the hall or oh, you know, a, a middle school teacher going and watching a high school teacher or something like that. Is that something that you're seeing happen within your district? Are, are your principals working together or just working within their own spaces to give teachers the opportunity to, to learn from each other? There aren't uh, principals that are trying to do some peer observation opportunities in the building. And of course you run into the logistics of scheduling and, you know, that kind of thing. But one of the things that uh, I'm working with in my department is we're trying to put together something where we have a list of people who are experts right down the hall or in the building, you know, across the way or something like that. So, you know, we don't necessarily have to look outside of our division to find the right people to, you know, make a PD opportunity because some of the best uh, math instruction I've ever seen, you know, has come from, some of the, the math specialists right here in this county. And, you know, not taking anything away from some of the people I've had, you know, Dan Mulligan and whatnot, I've been saying this fantastic stuff. But when it also comes down to knowing your, uh, knowing your audience, knowing your students, uh, knowing your, your followership, I guess, you know, you can't ask for better than people who've been right there in the trenches doing the job right alongside of you. And sometimes also is an opportunity to let people know, hey, you're valued because of what you know. So I need you to share that information with everybody else because I want them to see in you the value that I see in you. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you know, that that's a really great retention tool too. When, when teachers feel valued and they're given the opportunity to, to grow, to share, to share their own expertise. Um, I mean, you and I both know this as well. Um, you know, even if it's somebody comes and watches me teach because I'm, quote, the expert, that that conference afterwards, that conversation I have with my peer who mentions something that maybe I didn't even realize it was doing as a great learning opportunity, even right. for that expert teacher. And when when we can find those opportunities to really, as you as you put it very, very perfectly, value those educators in, in the spaces they're in that just increases the likelihood we're going to keep them around because right now, I mean, and this will lead us into talking about, you know, the hiring process and some of the things you're seeing out there right now, it's, it's a tough time to to really find recruit and retain high quality educators. So um, 
I know you were just at a handful of job fairs. I know you're working on the hiring process for your district, and that's something you oversee. What are some trends you're seeing out there? We hear all about this this teacher shortage and, and leadership shortage too, by the way. I mean, that's something that, you know, that really has me, has me concerned and has me uh, super fired up and wanting to help people, you know, through that process. But what, what are you seeing from, from the teacher and the leader perspective uh, when it comes to um, I Honestly, uh, right now what I'm seeing is the teacher shortage we've been talking about uh, for the better part of a decade really came to light at a couple of those recruiting fairs. Um, when you go into a space, like I, I went down to a, a fair at a, a university here in Virginia that is known for turning out teachers. And um, I felt like I was just setting up the booth for the other counties to come see what we had as giveaways. Uh, wow. and, and we we probably had, I don't know, there were maybe a dozen um, students that came through. Um, yeah, and and there were there were significantly more, uh, you know, uh, schools there uh, trying to recruit. And then I went to a very large university, set us up in a gym and whatnot. And you know, it, it was not standing room only. Um, you know, you just kind of looking around. And it got to the point where I would uh, I would come out from behind the table and just kind of get people at the front door. I'm like, Hey, whoever else you talk to, come make sure you talk to anybody, you know, and, and passing out stickers and things like that. Uh, then I got to go to, uh, I'm going to do a shout out to my alma mater. I uh, got to go to Longwood university and they had a, a primo job fair. It, you know, more people there than I'd seen at the other job fairs I've been to. In fact, really more people there than, than several of those combined. Um, and really quality individuals that I talked to also. Um, you know, and so I felt good about the product that was being turned out, but I was still concerned about the numbers because I mean, that job fair in the past has been, the room is full, um, and you're brushing shoulders with people trying to get, and, and it wasn't like that. There were still, there were more candidates here than anywhere else, but it was still, uh, you know, not as many as there had been. And, you know, it's funny because in, in job fairs and whatnot that I've done previously, I've usually had one or two people drop off a leadership resume to me, um, you know, and I, I bring it back and make sure that our HR people have that. But I didn't run into that this time. Um, and so, yeah, that that shortage of, of leadership, that, that's a concern. Absolutely. And I think a big part of, of that is whether the development side of that can come in, at least here, is to, you know, have administrative staff development that's meaningful. Um, right. and to invite some of our aspiring administrators, uh, you know, to be a part of that training, of that PD. Yeah, I think, well, and obviously, you know, that's, that's what, what my focus is with, with high-performance leadership teams is to make sure that, you know, those new leaders are, they're coming on board, you know, and, and understanding just exactly what's happening. Um, you know, I, I like that you're hitting to the aspiring leaders because I, you know, we're going to continue to have those aspiring leaders who are looking to take the leap out of the classroom and, and into whether it's an AP role or a principal role or, or something like that. But I think what, I think where I want to go with this um, is for for districts to really be successful filling that leadership pipeline 
hitting those aspiring leaders and developing kind of a grow your own from within type of process. It, it used to be very much a, you know, you want to go into being an administrator, you go off, you get your master's degree and maybe you land in the district yard, maybe you go somewhere else, but right. that's just how the process worked. Now, man, if districts are being intentional about starting to groom those people and move them along and get them ready, boy, you're going to be faced with those situations that so many others are faced with right now of, wow, I got six principal openings and I can't find anybody that I want to put in there. Right. And and I think that, you know, one of the things that's so important to me is is the role of the leader as servant. Um, you know, it's... Some people want to get into leadership, I think, because they're just looking for their next step. And and there's there's got to be more to it than that. Um, you've got to believe that your leadership is going to have an impact. Um, because if, if, if your leadership doesn't have an impact, then you're just a hood ornament on a car. You know, and I don't want to be a hood ornament. I want to be a steering wheel. Um, and I, I'll tell you, one of my teachers gave me the greatest comment. Because I used to tell her all the time, I was like, you, you are like a locomotive. You're, you're just moving kids forward. You're, and, and she finally stopped me one day and she said, if I'm the locomotive, you're the tracks. And I was just like that. That's the nicest thing you could have possibly ever said to me like because the only way a train can go forward, if there's good tracks laid. And, you know, so for her, for her to, to say that really had a huge impact on me and made me think that, hey, you know what, maybe I can do this after all, you know, because we all have those moments where we're like, I'm not sure. But, you know, and that, <laughs> oh, yeah. it, 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 you know, but it just made me really realize that, hey, you know, th this is a person who truly feels empowered. Uh, because For me, my thing is this, and I learned this from my, my buddy, Andy Jacks, who's up in Northern Virginia, green oh, yeah. light, everything. Green light, green light, green light. If if someone comes to you with an idea, and this is what I tried to do when I was at the middle school, I said, don't tell me what, or don't ask me for permission to do something. Instead, tell me how you're going to make things better for kids. And, you know, that, and I think that, you know, necessarily in our field, a lot of people are kind of waiting for the gotcha moment. And I said, I do not have gotcha moments. I, I you know, if we are going to succeed, we're going to do it together. And I said, if you fail, that's fine, because in my life, failures led to success. If I succeed the first time, I don't try any harder because I learned how to do it, you know. And when someone says, well, you know, I'm I afraid of failure. I'm like, well, when you were learning to walk, the first time you tried it, if you didn't pull it off, did your parents just pick you up and toss you back in the crib? No. They said, we're going to try it again. We're going to try it again. We're going to try it again. And that's, that's the thing. You, you've got to keep at it until you find something that's successful. I don't expect every initiative to be successful. I expect every initiative to be a learning opportunity. I love that. I really do. And, you know, and you, you kind of referred to it in there, but, but I think it's just such a powerful thing for leaders to remember that there's this huge difference between I've got, you know, I gotcha and I got you. You know, it just, right. it, it's a subtle difference in the inflection, but it's, are you trying to catch him doing it wrong? Or are you telling him, Hey, I'm here to support you. And, you know, Hey, you're not going to be perfect. Not everything's going to be, well, you know, a home run, but you can't hit a home run you, if, you don't swing, if you don't swing the bat. Right. Right. And, and if you're the kind of leader who spends your time looking for the gotcha moments, you're going to burn yourself out. 
you know, if you're just walking around waiting for somebody else. to mess up, right? And if it, if you're looking for a problem, you're going to find it, and you might find it whether it's not there. But you know, if you're instead saying, okay, how can we get better? What can we do together? How can we, you know, propel this forward? Then you know, you 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 go home feeling better than if you spent your whole day lurking around corners trying to wait for the, the you know catch somebody in a bad moment. There you go. There's one of the big gold nuggets right there. I promised you gold nuggets. You've already had <laughs> many, but that one right there, I'm telling you, that one right there, it's, it's, I, I call, I call it the red car syndrome. You know, it's, you're driving down the highway, you know, Chuck, when you drive home today, this is your challenge. Count how many red cars you see. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to see a ton of them. And the reason is you're looking for them. You know, it's, it's all about what, you're looking for. And if as a leader, you're looking for the things they're doing right, or you're looking for opportunities to coach and lift people up, or if you're looking for how can I, how can I catch them doing it wrong? You'll find it. No matter what it is, you'll find it. It's all about your mindset. But I love that you said you'll go home still tired, but not near as exhausted, not near as burned out because you know, you're, you're using your energy for good. You're, you're focusing on the right things. I just, I think that was really, well, really, and that's awesome a difference. I think that's a difference between being exhausted because of achievement and being exhausted because of exertion. If I've done, if I have achieved something, I'm willing to be tired. But if I've just spent all day on a tread, on a treadmill and I'm running the wheel, then that that's when, that's when it stops being fun for me. Man, it doesn't get any better than that right there. That's, I love that, man. Just love that. Man, the gold nuggets just keep coming from Chuck Moss. Uh -huh. Moments of awesome right here. Moments of awesome right here. Let's, let's shift gears just a little bit. Um, th there's another thing that I want to get into with, with the role that you currently have. And, and it's not just the role that you have. It's just kind of like kind of who you are. And that's your presence on social media. And, and just some of the work that you do with social media. I mean, there's a weekly video that we've got, you know, the, you know you've got the, the blog, all, all kinds of really good stuff. And you use social media, I think, so well, not just not just to build Chuck Moss's platform, but to really tell the story of Denwoody Public Schools. So maybe talk a little bit about how you approach it, you know, not only from the chair you're sitting in now, but Usually you're not in a chair when you're when you're shooting a video. You're out in front of a school or, or you're out by your car or shoveling snow on, on those crazy winter days in, in Virginia. But uh, talk a little bit about that. Just kind of, you know, what is your approach with that? What do you what are you focused on? What are you thinking about? Because I think leaders sometimes struggle with how do I best use social media to tell my school story? Well, and, and I think that uh, you touch on it right there. I've got to tell my story. Um, and and the, the presentation I did for that faculty uh, earlier this week, you know, um, I, I stole a quote from Joe Sanfilippo. If you don't tell your story, someone else will. Um, and, you know, there's an old saying, uh, uh, Aristotle said, nature abhors a vacuum. I believe information abhors a vacuum. And so if something happens and you can't figure out what, then you're just going to throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Um, and the, the, the evidence that that's true for human nature is you look all the way back to, you know, mythology, 
Why does the sun rise? Well, because there's a guy dragging the sun across the sky in a flaming chariot. Well, no, there's not. But people didn't know what made it happen. And so they were like, well, that's got to be the most likely thing because that's what I think happened. That's what my world looks like. So, uh, you know, if somebody had a bad experience at a school when they were 13 or 14, that becomes their school experience. It's my job to change that. And, you know, so one of the things that, that, that was so valuable to me as a principal was to knock down the walls by, you know, showing the things on social media and branding. Branding is so very important, getting your brand out there. Uh, um, Eric Schenegar, I learned a lot when I read his book, uh, Branded, you know, and just talking about how we can, you know, move things forward just because we're a recognizable brand. Um, and I go back to Joe Sanfilippo and you can't go to a conference without somebody saying go crickets, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and that is not a huge school division, but that is, mm-hmm. it's a huge presence because of the branding that he has done. Um, and I just want people to know that our story is about more than the negative experiences that they might see. There are good things happening all the time. And, you know, it could be as simple as, you know, uh, kids are sitting on the stairs outside of a classroom uh, because they needed a quiet place to read. And so the teacher said, okay, how can we make use of this space, which is going to, you know, allow us to do the silent reading and, and that kind of thing, or, you know, just going in and, and watching kids get excited about, you know, because people think that it's just sitting in rows, and you, but there's more to it than that. There's that moments of, but if you don't show that to people, if I, if the principal doesn't tell people, if the, the leadership doesn't tell people, then it's easy for them to assume that, oh, you know what, nothing good's happening here. Um, and so I just love to do that. And I love to also, uh, in my videos and, and things, it's just to challenge people just to say, here's, here's a little thing you can do that can make things better. Um you know, like I talked about returning a shopping cart, uh, you know, when you're in a parking lot and you just see it out there. And even if it's not yours, return it. Uh, and I had uh, several people come up to me at a football game later on that week and say, I did that, you know, and I was like, OK, all right. You, you were listening. That's great. You know, and um, yeah. And, and, and sometimes it was people that I really respect, mentors to me that were saying, hey, I did. You know, that's what we need. And, and thank you. Um and so that's the and what and 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 it, your brand becomes what you're known for, and are you known for those moments of awesome, or do you get on social media and you just complain all the time? Because what you put out is what you're going to get back. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and I love that you said that because your brand is not just when you choose to talk about your school; it's everything that you're doing. Um, right. you know, one, one thing that, uh, as a high school principal, you know, we had, we had our own Facebook page for the school and, and what we did was we actually branded it as in parentheses, authentic. So it was RSHS authentic. And people ask me all the time, what is, what does that mean? Why, why is it authentic? And I said, because anybody can create a page for, for our school. Anybody can create a page and claim that they're Rock Springs High School. But you know what? Right. This is the authentic page. When you see this, you know this is the actual Rock Springs High School page. And 
because I heard that question all the time, it told me people saw it and people were following it and they were paying attention to all of those stories that we were telling because you're absolutely right. right. If we don't tell our stories, somebody else will. And we're not going to like the version they tell. So we need to be the ones that that are taking control of the narrative. And I think around the country, more and more leaders are starting to do that. We just now we need to kind of take that to a national level and really be telling that story at a national level. But that's a squirrel I could chase. And we could make that another 30 minute podcast about the national view of education, which is completely a mess right now. And I think that one of the things we've got to be able to do is not just use social media, but use it to use that word authentically, use it to make sure that we're getting our message out there, you know, and also make it about more than just, yeah, you should include things like late buses and and changes to the menu and things like that. That, yes, that's important, but also that's not part of your school story. What's the story you want told? Where do your core values like excellence and equity and integrity, where do they fit in? How do your messages speak to those things? I think that's, yep, that's spot on right there. You know, sometimes I hear that question from people, you know, like, well, yeah, here, tell my story, tell my story. What story am I supposed to tell? And just keep reminding people, you need to tell your story. You know, what do you see every day? You know, when when you're out and about in your school and you see something that people need to know about, there you go. That's the story you tell. Right. You know, whether it's, you know, a, a teacher finding a place to do some silent reading or, you know, I was constantly finding things, you know, being out and about at the high school, whether it's student artwork or, you know, something happening in the band room or, I mean, just, you know, I mean, all the awesome things that happen in a school that people who base what they think is happening in school on their own experience, you know, uh, I was a student 20 years ago. I know what happens in schools. No, they don't. Not anymore. Not anymore. So we've got to tell our story. So last question for you, Chuck. Um, Same question I ask everybody who's on the podcast. How right now, I mean, and, and you've talked about a lot of different ways that you're currently leaning into leadership, but maybe what is one thing that we didn't talk about or that you want to build on that has you really leaning into leadership right now? Well, uh, one of the roles that I fill in this position is, is being the administrator of our virtual academy. Um, and the way our virtual academy works in Denver right now is we contract out to some other virtual uh, providers. Um, but I'm the liaison. I'm, I'm the person that can, you know, if I can't answer your question, I can find the person who can answer it and that kind of thing. And what I've been able to do is really develop some meaningful relationships with parents who, you know, when they call, you know, people are like, oh, well, they're, they're so angry. Not all the time. Sometimes they're calling because they're advocating for their kid and they can't get an answer. And I can't think of a time I want a parent to be more frustrated than when they're trying to advocate for their kid and no one will give them an answer. I want to talk to that parent, um, you know, and so, and that that's a big part of leadership because, you know, for some of these uh and we call them mops for, for these you know providers, they may not have the face of a teacher um, or that may be a different teacher at different times, depending on when they call or, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of it's asynchronous um, on several of the platforms. And so just being able to be the one that says, I hear you, I understand what you're saying. Even if I can't do what you're asking, I'm always going to listen to you and I'm always going to let you have your say. 
because again, you're trying to take care of your child. And, and that's the A number one thing I want. And I even tell parents, I, you know, I, 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 there's one lady that I probably talk to once a week and she's like, I know you're trying to hear my voice. I'm like, I'm not because you're calling me because you want the best for your child. You know, you're, you're not calling me to complain about the fact that they got the drive through order wrong. You're not, that, that's not what this is about. This is about the fact that, you know, you created something and your genetic output is not succeeding because there are things in the way. I want to try to help get those things out of the way. And, you know, and that's, that's meaningful to a lot of parents because they don't always feel listened to. Um, and, I, and, and I was guilty of that as a building principal. And I didn't know, you know, sometimes I'd have a parent come back and say, I didn't feel like you listened to me. Well, then I'm going to drop everything and we're going to talk again. Because however I came across to you was not my intention. And we're going to make that right. What, what, when you're leaning into leadership, you're, you're, you're leaning in front of the obstacles, the things that are coming to slow down uh, you know, the progress. And so to, to truly be a leader who leans in, part of your leaning in is clearing the way. You know, because if, if you're the kind of principal, if you're the kind of leader, if you're the kind of district uh, personnel who makes it easier for teachers to teach, and that doesn't mean you can take away everything. You can't take away report cards. You can't take away all the things that take up time. But at the very least, what you can do is you can say, hey, you know what? I'll be the sounding board for the parent. I'll be the sounding board, uh, you know, for anybody who wants to call or whatever. They can talk to me. Um and I, and I just want you to go in your classroom and teach. I, and I want you to call, not just teach, I want you to cause learning. There it is again. I want you to there do you those go. things that are causing learning in your kids. There you go. And, and there it was again, the difference between I gotcha and I got you. That's right. what that is right there. That's, that's now, see, huge right leadership. There. And that's a gold nugget dropped by you, Darren Pepper. So, you know, don't, don't, there are plenty of gold nuggets on the road to awesome that you leave behind. So don't shortchange yourself. And there we go. <laughs> right on. I love that, man. Oh, what a great conversation. I, I know we could probably just go on and on and on. And, and I'm sure we, we probably will. But um, thanks, Chuck, so much for, for coming on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. I'm a huge fan of your work. I am a huge fan of you. I uh, appreciate you. Consider you a, a great friend. I hope here pretty soon you're going to have some time to go get a, get a line in the water and, uh, and go start, uh, <laughs> start yanking some fish. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to do that. Uh, so far, I've, I've caught 11 so far this season. And if I can count the number of fish I've caught, that means I haven't caught enough. So you I got to get enough. out there. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm going to do that. But I also, you will be getting a text from me tonight that tells you how many red cars I saw on my way home. Go. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to finish my homework and make sure I get that back to you. There you go. Right on, man. Hey, I appreciate you so much. Have a road to awesome rest of your week, my friend. Hey, you too, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity and just the chance to, uh, every time we talk, I learn stuff. So thank you for that. Yep. Likewise. Likewise. Oh my goodness. How much fun was that? <laughs> every time I'm around Chuck Moss, he just lifts my spirits. He just puts a pep in my step, if you will. So thank you so much, Chuck, for coming on the show. Uh, this guy's a rock star leader, folks. Um, if you're not following him, his contact information and you know how to follow him on social media is in the show notes. Please make sure you give him a follow. He is truly, truly a great individual. And now it's time for a pep talk. Earlier this week, 
had a conversation with someone about their goals around kind of their own physical appearance, you know, trying to maybe trim a few pounds. We've all been there, right? Um, Honestly, I was there at the beginning of this calendar year and felt like for my own personal self, I need to lose a few pounds. You know, I need to maybe eat a little bit better, maybe, you know, work out a little bit more. Um, And certainly I've been doing that. I'm starting to reap the benefits. Now, I tell you this not to tell you, hey, I'm getting in really good shape. That has nothing to do with it. My point is this. We all need to do something for ourselves. Don't worry about doing it for others. I'm not doing this. My personal health journey is not about other people. It's about me. It's about taking care of me as an individual. So as you're wrapping up your school year right now, do something for yourself. Don't always feel like you have to do something for someone else. As educators, that's our default mode. We're givers, right? Take some time this summer. Do something for yourself. You're not going to regret it, folks. Until next time, I'm Darren Pepper. Have a road awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.